So same with the new creation realities. I'm not going to be long this morning, although it's, it's, it's stretching out a bit, but I'm not going to be long because I want you to come back tonight. Tonight, uh, we're just going to go every night higher. Um, I, even though we call it the visitation of God, it is not quite accurate because the old covenant spoke of visitations. The new covenant speaks of habitation. Are you guys with me? So new creation realities will basically speak of your new created identity. Who you are, a Christ generation, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. If you see how Paul spoke, I think we read Paul's letters or we read even what Jesus said through the lenses of our denomination or where we got uh, grown up and we are limited by that and religion has robbed you of God's purpose for your life or your identity. Say with me, God's fullness. Are you guys with me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into it and I'm going to read some scriptures. In fact, let's first go to Acts 7 verse 48. Acts 7 verse 48. I'm going to ask the guys with the scriptures to flow with me quick because uh, uh, say with you, visitation to habitation. Say it again, say visitation to habitation. Say God doesn't come down. He comes out. Uh, say, I don't pray Him down. I release Him out. You need to catch this reality. God is complete in you. His fullness is in you. He is perfect in you. Not only the Holy Ghost, but the fullness of the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost is in you, which means you lack nothing. Are you guys with me? Listen to me. Every 2,000 years, God sends a son. So there's three sons, but actually four sons of God. This is not breaking the Trinity, so relax. Okay. Jesus is the pattern son. He is the created son. He, uh, he is the, the begotten son. My apologies. The begotten son, the patterned son. He's the only son of God. But there were other types and shadows shifting to him and then going to God's perfect will. Let me explain to you. So you had Adam, the first son. 2,000 years later, you had Moses, another son. Moses was a type and a shadow of Christ. Delivered the people out of Egypt, out of bondage. Are you guys with me? Uh, look upon the bronze serpent. Uh, as the bronze serpent is lifted up, Jesus says, I will, as I, I will be lifted up among you. Speaking of the bronze serpent, speaking of Christ. And we see Moses, we can go through Moses' whole story. So 2,000 years later, it was Moses. 2,000 years after that, it was Jesus. So you have Adam. Let's forget about Adam, he messed up. You had three M's. You have Moses. Then you have Jesus, which, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me explain it like this. Uh, Moses, the mature son, which is Jesus. And the third M is what we call 2,000 years later, the church, the man-child, where the Bible says the fullness that the fivefold gifting is there to bring the church to the fullness of the perfected man. 
which means Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. So God is waiting not for one son. He's waiting for many sons. So the one son has been multiplied into many sons. So every 2,000 years, you see this birth of a son manifestation of God. So it was Adam, then it was Moses, then it was Jesus. After Jesus, it is the full church man-child that has to come into manifestation. That's why the Bible says that the whole of creation is eagerly expecting and awaiting for the manifestation of the sons of the kainos sons of God, where they can begin to realize their new created identity. Are you guys with me? Have your seats, have your seats. So this is basically what new creation realities is. Because we pray to a God in a sky that is completely distant and, that, and we, we know because we stick to orthodoxy and we learn it from Sunday school and God is away far beyond. And then we speak nonsense like open heavens, closed heavens. The only open heaven and closed heaven in some people's minds is between their ears. Jesus came at John the Baptist and the heavens opened over Him and it never shut. Are you guys with me? Let me just see something. So, say with you, the heavens opened. So when John the, Baptist, John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus, he said, the Bible says this, it says, and the heavens opened and a voice spoke, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now we can go to the exact other story where the voice came again. Are you guys with me? Matthew 17, let's go to Matthew 17 verse 3. Now listen to this. And he was he's on a mountain and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. Hold on. When Moses was on the mountain, God had to visit him in a cloud before he shone. When Jesus was on the mountain, he shone first. Then a cloud came. I'll explain it now. That's why the Bible says that our face shall shine with the glory of God. With an unveiled face, we will behold His glory. That's why the Bible says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Are you guys with me? Now listen to this. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us to be here? If you wish, let us make three tabernacles. Verse 5, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Does it say the heavens opened? A bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the clouds saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear Him. A cloud came after Jesus shone. With Moses, a cloud came first. Then Moses' shone, face shone bright. 
Are you guys with me? Which tells you in the new covenant, the glory comes out of you. We have this image, we want His glory to come down. It's all covenants. God's dwelling abode and His house is you. I'm going to preach this thing over and over this morning. I'm going to go through a lot of scriptures until you catch it. To know your created identity. Say, I am His abode. I am the dwelling place of the fullness of God. Listen, when you know that revelation, you would want to serve Him passionately. When you know that revelation, you would not fail a business deal. But it needs to be unlocked in you. And I cannot do it. It is the Word that has to do it. If you can listen to the Word, get out your Bibles or get out your phone. Are you guys with me? So, so let's go to Acts 7.48. Acts 7.48. I don't want to be long. We'll finish uh, just after 10. However, the Most High, if I don't, otherwise I'll have to go on tonight. But I have another message for tonight. However, I'm going to take you tonight. We're going to get into the seven separations of God upon a person's life where He separates you from the moment that you are called, and obviously we're going to be ministering, but one, you, I don't want to pray for a visitation. I want to pray for a habitation. Are you guys with me? You can manifest Him wherever you go. If you walk in a workplace, you can sit and choose to manifest Him. But it comes via revelation. It's only unlocked by revelation. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Has my hand not made all these things? He says, what house will you build for me? Because I reside in you. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple, that you are God's temple, and that God's Spirit dwells in you. Say, in me. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your, say, I am not my own, for I was bought with a price. So he says, glorify God in your body. Listen, a lot of times we think the Spirit, the Spirit, the Spirit only. The problem with that teaching is that it separates and it's a little bit Gnostic to say that, you know, God is this perfect, God is perfect in our spirits, but not in our body. And somehow we take this body and we connect it to when the Bible says flesh. It's not the same. Flesh is carnality. It's got nothing to do with this. Are you guys with me? And then we have a mindset where we think this is evil. Yet God can only fully manifest in you when this is healthy. This is not flesh. This is body. Flesh is a carnal mind. It is a mind of carnality. So when the Bible says the works of the flesh has got nothing to do with this, it is a carnal mind. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I want to go as far to say like this, but I know it is a new doctrine and it's going to upset some. But I want to bring truth to you. Say with the present day truth. There's nothing evil in your body, but there is evil in your flesh. The flesh is the carnal mind. 
the body is the house. The Spirit is with the Holy Ghost that lives in your body. And many times we said God lives in our spirits and it's a little bit inaccurate. He lives also in your body. That is why He said, lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say spiritually do something. No, no. Lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. Are you guys with me? Out of your belly, out of your heart shall flow rivers of living water. We just, when it comes to the physiolo physiological makeup of man compared to the temple of the Holy Spirit, we have just touched on few things. For example, if you take Eden, we just touched on Eden. I haven't even fully taught on Eden. Then you can get into the three trees on the garden which represents men. So there were men, there was a man which is the tree of life. Then there were men that carried the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then there were men where the Bible says there were other trees, all the other trees in the garden, which was normal men. So you have the natural, the carnal, and the spiritual found right in the garden of Eden. Adam chose to be carnal, not spiritual. He didn't choose the tree of life. He chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But he was a natural man, which means he was, he was amongst all the other trees because God said to him this, you can eat of all the other trees. What does it mean? If you were at our Eden sessions, you can listen and talk and commune with all the other trees. Because trees in the typology there or how they were written in that, if you understand how many years this was ago and how they conveyed stories, trees were people. Are you guys with me? For you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers. For the righteous is like an oak tree whose leaves shall not wither and the trees will clap their hands in the fields. And everywhere, even Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Everywhere in Scripture where it speaks of trees, it's speaking of people. Are you guys with me? So, 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 so let's go on. So say I'm, the, I'm God's building. And I can go from Scripture to Scripture to Scripture, but let me not get there. Let's get into John 12 verse 12 verse uh, 22, 12 verse 22. John 12 verse 22. Are you guys with me? Now these morons, I use Paul's language, that uh, say, oh, they, they don't teach, they just, they just prophesy. What, you've never been to our church we prophesy so little because I deem it valuable and we've prophesied already over a lot of people. But as the Lord speaks, I will do it and, and, uh, and uh, we will do it tonight a lot if the, if the Holy Spirit wills. Um, don't just come for that. Come for the Word. Listen, the Word will do so much. The, this is, the Bible says this is the sure Word of prophecy. Are you guys with me? If you know how to devour and consume this by the Spirit of God, your life will be changed. Everything is in here. Let's go to John chapter number two, verse or two, uh, two, uh, 12 verse 20. Let's go from 12 verse 20. 12 verse 20. 
And I'm going to just read. I want you to follow me. If you have your phone, use your phone. If you have a Bible, use your Bible. I want you to follow me. And uh, you don't have to take so much notes, actually, because it'll be too many notes to take. Just, just follow the Scriptures. And as you follow the Scriptures, it'll speak to you. I'm going to bring a point that, say with me, I'm God's building. I am the fullness of God. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Oh wait, let me, you know what, let me just, I want to just send this to David, I forgot. I want them to maybe just try something. Uh, David, I'm just sending you something. I don't know how. Church, give me, give me 10 seconds. Just 10 seconds. Now the evil heart. Huh, this pastor, does he not prepare? No, I don't. Because I'm doing this because I want it to be right for you. And I just want to make sure that it's because I want them to highlight certain words, but I just want to make sure that it is highlighting the words as I'm putting it over because these programs are sometimes funny. Okay, it looks like it'll work, uh, David. It looks like it'll work. I don't know. I don't know if I highlighted everything, but let me send it to you. Patience, patience, patience. Okay, here we go. Okay, David, just let me know if you got it, and then uh, just uh, it's in your iMessage. So let's 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 go back. I want them to because I want them to to highlight certain words. So where were we? John twelve verse twenty one. Now stick with me. Are you guys with me? And this is for the this is for the whole conference. So that when we preach visitation. Um, uh, 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 when we, when, we, when, we, when we speak about visitation, that you will know we speak about habitation. The same came therefore to Philip, which was Bethsaida in Galilee, and desired him. They said, Sir, we would, we, we would see Jesus. We wish to see Jesus. My apologies. We wish to see Jesus. So I want to read out of the New King James. Well, yeah, it's fine. Put on the King James. Put on the King James. That's fine. But I'll just translate some words in the New King James. So it says, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip comes up and tells Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tells Jesus. And Jesus answered them saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Note that he didn't answer their question. They said, we want to see Jesus. Are you guys with me? And he says, look, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So what is he saying to them? He says, how you will see Jesus is when the Son of Man is glorified. Just stick with me. Are you guys with me? And what we think of the glorification is not actually the glorification. We need to look at the purpose of it. He says, because when you see my death, because his glorification was speaking of his death, he says, when you see my death, then you're going to be able to see Jesus. And I'll explain to you now how we will see Jesus. Verily, verily, verse 24, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat falls into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. 
So they wanted to see Jesus and Jesus is saying, listen, I'm a corn of wheat. I must fall into the ground and I must die. Are you guys with me? He's basically also said, he said, I am the tabernacle. I am the temple. I am the dwelling place. I am the one in whom the Spirit abides. I'm the one in whom the Spirit is resting upon. I'm the one uh, who is one with the Father. This is what Jesus was saying to them as we're going to read these Scriptures. You're going to see it. He's going to say, I am the one whom the Father is one with me. I am in the Father. The Father is in me. I am equal with God. He's He's going to say, I'm the one that was in the beginning. I was the one that was in the end. Uh, But as long as I am here, then it will only be me and it is me only. And for you to want to see me, you have to look at me physically. Are you guys with me? But he says, if I die, he said, I'm a corn of wheat. And if I die and I fall into the ground, I will bear much fruit. I will bring forth much fruit. And he says, this is the point where you will see Jesus. Just stay with me. Are you guys with me? Go to verse 32, John 12, verse 32. And I'm going to jump on. We're going to go from John 12 to John 14. I'm just expounding the Scriptures a little bit. So you can keep a train of thought. If we go out of this, it's just to show something and I'm coming back to this portion of Scripture. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. It is like uh, Moses said, look upon the serpent as the serpent is lifted up, the bronze serpent. Jesus saying, if I be lifted up, and he's a type and a shadow of the bronze serpent, which Moses put in place for those who were sick to look upon, which means that when we look upon Jesus being lifted up, your healing is at hand. But we have a confusion because what does it mean when Jesus is lifted up? We're going to get to it. Are you guys with me? Verse 33. This he said, signifying what death he should die. So when he said, I am lifted up, he was speaking about his death. So Jesus is saying, I want you to look upon my death. Because when you see Jesus, which is at the moment of death and when I am fruitful and multiply, your healing is there. But this doesn't mean I have to close my eyes and look at trying to figure out his death. You know, all of you have done it. You take communion in remembrance of me and we go, Lord, I see you on the cross. You know, I see you beaten. And then they say, you know, we must now forgive every sin, which is also totally against Scripture. And we do all these things because of what we have been told, but you have never read the Word. I'll explain to you now what communion is. Are you guys with me? Where are we? Verse 33. I have to do this message, sorry, for a, for a foundation. This is said, signifying of what is death, he should die. Then people answered him saying, we have heard out of the law. So they all replied, they said, listen, we have heard out of the law that Christ abides forever. That Christ abides forever. Say with you, forever. I want you to listen with a spiritual mind, church. Are you you with me? Don't look at me like Adam on Mother's Day. I see some is like very confused. It's time to hear the gospel. I know we have visitors, I know, but it's time to hear the gospel. And if you're here and you haven't been here for like a month or so, there'll be an altar call at the end of the service. (laughs) No, I'm serious, because you won't be able to understand this word unless you're here with a spiritual mind and a spiritual heart. Unless the eyes of your spirit is open. 
If the eyes of your spirit is open, you will be able to hear what the spirit is saying. So the people answered him. We have heard out of the law that Christ will live forever. He will abide with us forever. So Christ, so he said, even the law said Christ will abide forever. And how say you the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? They knew he was speaking of his death. So verse 35, put it in the Amplified if you can. Verse 35 in the Amplified. So Jesus said to them, you will have the light only a little while longer. Say with me, a little while. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living by it so the darkness may not overtake and overcome you. He who walks about in the dark does not know where he goes. He is drifting. While you have the light, believe in the light. Have faith in it. Hold to it. Rely on it. That you may become sons of light and be filled with light. Jesus said these things and then He went away and hid Himself from them. He was lost to their view. He said, listen, you look at the light and as you look at the light, you will begin to become sons of light. Or look at the light until the moment happens when you become sons of light. This is the revelation that people are not catching. You are a city on a hill. The light of the world, not Jesus, you are the salt of the earth, the light of the world, the city on a hill, New Jerusalem, Mount Zion coming out of a high place. Are you guys with me? You are His dwelling place, the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, 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 have you, have you seen So, so the Greeks comes and they say, listen, we love to see Jesus. They say, we want to see Jesus. Uh, this manifested God uh, 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 that is in Jesus, uh, you know, they said, we want to see Him. We want to see Him. Jesus says, when you look upon me, you can see me, but it's me alone. But if you want to see me, you have to see me die so that I can bring much fruit. Are you guys with me? So He says, the minute I die, then I'll bring forth fruit and many like myself. And I'll explain now. Then they said, but they thought, they thought Christ is here to say. They said, the law says Christ is here to abide. How can you be Christ if you're not abiding and staying with us? So you are not the Christ. But they couldn't catch what he was trying to say. That he had to die so that another Christ can come down. Because Christ is not Jesus and Jesus is not Christ. Jesus is the manifested Christ. He's the manifested Christ. When He was the Messiah, when He was born, it's Christos, I know it's Christ. But He was not manifested yet. The manifested Christ took place at the age of 30. Are you guys with me? So, 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 so Jesus was saying, I am the light. Look at me. But when I go, you will be the light. You will be sons of light. You see, a wrong gospel and a doctrine has been preached to keep people in bondage. To not reveal to them their created identity. It started way back then, even in, in the New Testament, even the early church. And you get to the Roman Catholic Church and they hid the key of knowledge from the people. Even the Pharisees did. And, the, and, the, and, and in fact, the Roman Catholics, when anybody interpreted the Bible, they would burn that person or translated the Bible. They would burn that person at stake. 
In fact, one of the main translations we are reading today comes from, I can't remember the name. I don't know if it is Wycliffe or if it is someone else. I might be wrong. Uh, not a, huh? Huh? Speak a bit louder. Tinsdale. Was it him? William Tinsdale. I think William Tinsdale. Yeah. When he translated the Bible, the church burnt him at the stake. I want you to think. Don't think about this is in the dark ages. It's today. Are you guys with me? Or is this too much now for you? Is this uh, attacking your orthodoxy or your so-called? I'll get to real orthodoxy. Okay, so we're not violating orthodoxy. When Martin Luther came, they wanted to slaughter him. When he said the just shall live by faith. And it is only because of him that we are sitting here. And have able to have freedom. Because from that moment he interprets something because why the Roman Catholics kept the word. And they did not allow the word to be read by the church. So they could never, so that they could not tap into revelation. And the Roman Catholic Church was run by the world system and the world order. This book is alive. It's living in its well. Trust me in this. And they know, and, and, and the enemy knows, the moment you catch a revelation of this word, you become what we call enlightened. And I'm not speaking of a new age word. I'm speaking of what Paul says, that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you will be sons of light, enlightened, that you will carry light. When you carry light, you carry health. When you carry light, you carry life. When you carry light, you carry deliverance. When you carry light, you have freedom. You are not bound by the system and the world system which you were sons of darkness before. But now you are sons of light from the kingdom of light. But Jesus is saying, I need you to catch this revelation that when I die, you will see Jesus before them. You will just see me alone here and I might be Jesus, but you're not, you're not going to see the way I want you to see. Because there's something we call the manifested Christ. Or let me go a little bit further, the manifested sons of God. So Jesus was the pattern son. So did the pattern son. He came to give a pattern for you and I. He's the firstborn of many brethren. You look at him as a pattern and you realize everything that he is. The Bible says that when we see him, we will realize that we have always been like him. That's what your word says. Ah, but this, I get upset. That's what your Bible says. Meaning that when you step into a business deal, you don't step in like Peter and John. No, 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 no. You walk in like Jesus Himself into a place. Because when He comes in His glorified body, we shall say, but we have always been like Him. And then John chapter 1, John chapter number 4, verse 7 says that as He is in heaven, so are we in this world. How is He in heaven? There's fire coming out of His eyes. There's a sword coming out of his mouth. He has a glorified body. He can move between walls. Are you guys with me? There's a Kainos creation that you need to tap into to walk in your new created identity that Christ has for you. 
Listen. Say with you, Revelation is a gospel that has to be preached and it is to find Jesus in every scripture to understand that the Old Testament was a type and a shadow unto the new and the new is a type and a shadow unto you. Have your seat. I haven't even touched the scriptures yet to explain what the statements I'm saying. Are you guys with me? So we read the old to discover Jesus. We read the new to discover Jesus, but to discover the Christ on the earth. Not you and I are not Christ. Christ is not an individual. It'll be very blasphemous to say this person is Christ and that one is Christ. But the Bible says we are Christ. He is the plural Christ in us, around and among us. That's what it means in the Greek. So he's both the body and the head. Are you guys with me? Who's the body of Christ? Us. So we are Christ. But the church need to wake up in the new identity. Are you guys with me? Let's go on. Hebrews, uh, Hebrew chapter number 2, verse 9. Hebrews chapter number 2, verse 9. Read this with me. Read it. Say, but we... Stop there. But we are able to see Jesus. Put in the, yeah, it doesn't amplify, but we are able to see Jesus. So listen, they wanted to see Jesus. Jesus said, you can't see him. You can only see me when we die, when I die. But then Paul, which I believe is the writer of Hebrews, some might argue it's Luke, it doesn't really matter, but let's say Paul, uh, because of the similarity of the language for me, um, and I'm between, always between the two as, as God reveals to me more. But listen, now with this Paul, whoever it is, the writer of Hebrews, but I believe to say Paul, so I'm going to say Paul under correction. So let's say Paul. Now Paul is saying, they were not able to see Jesus. But he's writing to the Hebrews, Hebrews. And he's saying, which was a church, really a, a lot of uh, Jews there. And he was saying, but we see Jesus. So Jesus had to first be died. But how does Paul say, we, how do they see Jesus? Because he doesn't say, I see Jesus. Or he doesn't say, I saw Jesus. He says, but we, say with me, we, are able to see Jesus, who was ranked lower than the angels for a little while, crowned with glory and honor because of his living suffered death in order that by the grace, unmerited favor of God, to us as sinners, he might experience death for every individual person. For it was an act worthy of God and lifting to the divine nature that he or whose sake by whom all things have their existence in bringing many sons into glory. The purpose for Jesus to have come is not to have dealt with your sins first and only. It was to bring many of sons, many like him, into a place called glory. Say with a glory. Should make the pioneer, the captain of their salvation perfect. Should bring to the maturity the human experience necessary to be perfectly equipped for his office as a high priest. For both he who sanctifies, making men holy, and those who are sanctified, all who have one father. For this reason he is not ashamed. He is not ashamed to call 
them brethren. But I, I, I thought you were a child of Jesus. I thought you were a child of Jesus. You are a son of God, a brother of Jesus, a friend of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say it again. You are a son of God, a brother of Jesus, and a friend of the Holy Ghost. That is the order. Is the Holy Ghost Lord? Absolutely. Is the Son Lord? Absolutely. Is both of them God? Absolutely. Is God God? Absolutely. But I'm speaking in terms of the Trinity. Are you guys with me? So that you can know your created identity. Let's continue back to John 12. Let's go to John 12 again. So you'll see that the train of thought goes from John 12. I really hope we finish. We have to finish to get the message in context. John 12 verse 46. Let's go to verse 46. I am come come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Now I'm just going to read and when I emphasize certain phrases and words, that's where I focus on. It says, I come into the light into the world and whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Verse 50, and I know that this commandment is life everlasting. Not going to get into this, but he's saying, there's another commandment I'm giving you, which is everlasting life. Everlasting is not eternal. Let me leave it there. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So let's go to John 13, verse 1. John 13, verse 1. So we go from John 12 to John 13. Now, in the King James, now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that this hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. Therefore, verse 31, let's go to verse 31. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him. What was He talking about? Say with me, His death. So how will He be glorified? Let's go to verse 30. Uh, let me read for one again. He says, Therefore, when He was gone out, who was the He that was gone out? It was Judas. The moment Judas walked out, the Bible says it was night. The moment Judas betrayed, it was a night for him. Jesus said, listen here, if I put my hand in this bowl and the one who puts his hand with me in this bowl for a piece of bread is the one who will betray me. Are you guys with me? And as he did it, Judas put his hand in as the sucker that he is. Uh, and we can get into predestination and those things on all another time. And as he put his hand in, it became night for him. The Bible says he went out from there onward. Are you guys with me? I see people don't like this message. They've already left, eh? <laughs> Be bound by religion and poverty. Uh, you know, when we preached, when we preached, what was it? The grace of God. Um, can you lose your salvation? People got so upset. Luckily not our church. I don't think so. Um, I hope not. I didn't get it. There was apparently a couple, but then we heard it's not because of that or it's something like that. I can't remember. Um, but then it said it's not of that. And then I got messages from all over, even in South Africa, I mean, all over South Africa mostly, but people saying how it set them free. And I'm going to preach a message in a few weeks' time called How Condemnation Will Kill You. How Condemnation Will Kill You. Any thought of condemnation you had brings death into your life. 
any thought. Any thought that you have that says, oh, I was supposed to pray and this is why God is not using, I'm bad because I'm not praying or I'm bad because death. Moses. When Mo, many churches preach Moses instead of preaching Christ, they preach Moses, which means they preach death to a congregation. When they preach Christ, they preach life. Moses was the law, which is the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. So many people, when you have a thought of condemnation, your health is heat. When you have a thought of condemnation, you can't move and progress spiritually forward. Condemnation kills every aspect of your life. Are you guys with me? So why do I preach grace so that people can move and can get ahead? Because I'm looking at your faces and it's like you've been beaten by 10 sticks. I don't know if it was the previous church or whoever or, 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 or this church or maybe there's some people that's preaching legalism to you here. But I've always had a principle that I stick to grace, even right from the beginning. That's how Pastor Chris stopped drinking. Okay. So, 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 uh, I would have liked to go into some deep topics, not in a conference, but in a, in a, on a, on a uh, Sunday like certain topics that I think people have a lot of questions on. But I don't want it to, maybe I'll do it. I'm going to dare to do it. Like I'll speak about alcohol the one day. And then people can come and get the answer on alcohol. And it will be in grace and new covenant. Even though it will give them a license, it will not give them a license. How can I explain it? Even though it will tell them what the, because I'll be there with the Bible. I'll say what the Bible says, not my opinion. But then I'll say my opinion, but I'll say what the Bible says. But if you have truly grace, if, 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 you have, if you have truly grace, you will triumph over a lot of things. Condemnation pushes you into things and kills you. So if people don't like it, they will stand up, they walk out, it is okay, God bless them. There is a few golden cows around the corner, uh, i.e. religious churches around the corner. They can go there. Okay, so let's go on. I will give you a revelation. So when he went out, when Jesus, uh, when Judas went out, when he betrayed, he said, when you betray me, I shall be glorified. So with me glorified. So glory comes when unity is restored. Because there was one amongst the team of Jesus that was out of sync. And he said, I need to get this one out. Go and do it quickly, whatever you need to do. And the moment he left, the moment unity was restored, glory came. So the glory comes when there's oneness, where there's unity. Are you guys with me? I will always push for unity, whether it's in our team and I'll say, or whether it is in the church, I'll say, if there's somebody that says, I cannot, and they use language, us and them, and there's a lot in Kruger's door. And we deal with that demon. If we can't get them out, we kick you out. But when you come with a language, or, you know how many people phone me? You know, they this and they shut up. You are causing division. A language with us, with us and them creates division. The moment I hear that language, but the moment I hear we and us, meaning we together, then I know somebody speaking unity. 
Are you guys with me? Are you getting upset or not if I preach like this? Um, you know how many messages I get where people demand and, 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 and instruct me what to preach as if like I'm their puppet. I don't even care how much money you give me. It doesn't work like that. Let's go to John 13 verse 33. We carry on. I need to rush. I don't know if I'm going to make it through. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, where I go? Let's go fast. We'll be able to make it. You cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you. Hold on. So with me, a new commandment. So there's something new that is given. He says that you love one another as I've loved you, that you also love one another. But let go one verse back for me. Go one verse back for me. I want to I wanna show you something. And this is not to create a doctrine, but let's read Bible. Is it okay? We all say, you know, now we must love one another and for that, by that we are saved. Nope. That is a good thing. It is a commandment, but it's not for salvation. Let me explain why. Because everybody's like the 10 laws now became one law and we must now fulfill the law still. No, it's a load of nonsense. Let's read what Jesus said. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, so with me to the Jews. So to whom was he speaking? The Jews, not the Gentiles. Whether I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment I give unto you, unto Jews, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love, now for all the internet haters and for, am I saying you shouldn't love one another? No, I'm just saying read the Bible correctly. Because people will say this, okay, but I know this, you know, some more 10 commandments, but we have these commandments now. And if I don't have this commandment, heaven is not for me. You and the law still. It's still a law. Even though it's one law, it is still a law. Are you guys with me? It's by faith alone that you enter into heaven. And it is by faith alone that you're kept by the power of God. So verse, let's go to verse 35. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, where you go, uh, Lord, uh, whither goes the, whither goes thou? Whatever that means, uh, <laughs> you know. He says, where will you go? And then Jesus answered him saying, whether I go, thou cannot follow me now. Why I'm reading in the King James because there's certain wording I need for this uh, sermon. Where I go now, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. So afterwards, okay. So Jesus was basically saying, he says, I need to go. I, you will never find me. And he gives all these things. He said, I need to go to a place. I need to go prepare a place and etc." Let's go to John 14 verse one. Jesus answered him. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, so believe in me also. Let's go to verse two, which is amplified. Verse two, in my father's house, say in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Another translation would say, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Hold on. Now people love to say, I have a mansion in heaven. Are you guys with me? But if you read this verse in context, there's no mansion in heaven. Okay? Heaven will be a great place and heaven is not what you think it will be. 
If you want to believe in the kindergarten heaven, that is okay. There'll be a new earth. New heavens and new earth. The word heavens there in the, in the Greek is not heaven like we think. It is just speaking of the atmosphere. So to say new earth, new heavens. Uh, new Jerusalem coming down, which I can already speak and explain to you here of a typology of what that is when it comes to new creation realities. But there's a new earth. So people have this image of heaven that we're going to be in a celestial place. And there's going to be some throne and we're going to be seeing angels and it's going to be mystical clouds and nowhere in the Bible does it say. Is God in a heaven like that? Absolutely. Are you guys with me? To a degree, when we understand the throne room in Revelation chapter number four, the thunderings, the lightnings, when we understand that. But even that, I can really mess people up to say, where is God's throne? Are you guys with me? Is it, is it too much? Can I just give you a Bible so that you can understand? When he said, I go to my father, my, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Uh, let me explain what the house is. I would have told you, for I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Let's go 1 Timothy 3.15. The Bible has to interpret the Bible. 1 Timothy 3 verse 15. But if I tarry long, that thou may know how thou ought to behave thyself in the house of God. So the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. So when he said, I'm going to my father's house, that there are many dwelling places. So what is the father's house? The church. What is the dwelling places? You and I. You are a city. You are a building. You are God's building. Not built with the hands, human hands, but built with the hands of God. So what is He doing? He says, I'm going to my father to prepare dwelling places. I'm going to my father to prepare each one that is here. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Mm. So yes, the Bible says that you were carefully crafted by the workmanship of God. You are the technon, the technology of God. You are the building, the, the workmanship built for good works. But you are the workmanship. You are God's building. God is the architect. He is the divine architect. And He built you by His hands, crafted you. King David says, how you have formed me and built me by the finger of God in the matrix of my mother's womb. Are you guys with me? Adam, I have created you out of, with my hands and my fingers, with dust, I have created you. That's why Jesus stepped down and He put His finger in the dust and He began to wrote because it was out of dust that man was created. So the finger of God is always speaking of creative power. Are you guys with me? So He's saying, I'm going to my Father so that I can create dwelling places for what? The Christ that is coming down. The anointing, the Holy Ghost. 
Who is Christ? It is the Holy Spirit. Who is the anointing? It is the Holy Spirit. It is Christos, Christ. When the Holy Spirit came down upon Jesus, He became the Christ manifested. He was always the Christ, but He became the Christ manifested. So when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you are born from above. You are born again. It is Christos, Christ coming upon you. What has happened? Jesus began to prepare dwelling places and the buildings of God's. The Bible says, do you not know that you are the building? Do you not know that you are the garden of God? Are you guys with me? Let's go on. Have your, have your seats. John 14 verse 3. Is that okay? I know for some it's going right over your head. It is okay. Just, just stay a while and uh, you will receive. You have to know the Word. You have to be in the Word to get this thing. John 14 verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, hold on, there you may be also. And I think I've taught this before where people think this is the second coming. It's not. There is a second coming. Are you guys with me? But there's some people, there's scriptures that, was, that people don't really fully read into in correct order. He was speaking here, he already came back. And he prepared for them. And we see how he answers this in after his resurrection. When he was raised on the Sunday. He was, you know, when he was raised on the third day. Remember what I said like that. On third day, which was the Sunday, the third day. And then he began to minister to disciples and was walking on the earth. That was him already coming back and has already prepared the place. And he uses wording. And we went into it. We taught on it. We'll talk this year again if you forgot. And if I go and prepare a place that I'll come and that I will receive you that you may be with me also. So where is Jesus? He's in the Father. Because Jesus says, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Where's the Father in Jesus? He says, I go to the Father to prepare a place so that you can be with me also and I can be in you and the Father can be in you and I and the Father can be in you and you can be in us that we can be one. Are you guys with me? So many people are waiting for their mansion while yet they are their mansion. And because they are waiting for a mansion, they try to think that I don't have to have a mansion on this earth. No, you have to have a mansion on this earth. Because you're not going to have a mansion in heaven. In fact, when the Bible says it gets to the millennial reign, you're going to work. You're going to work. In fact, according to status, according to your worth and your value, it's basically going to be this life just with a immortality, a, a uh, you will rule and reign, of course. But don't think so highly to think everybody's going to rule nations. No, 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 no. It will be like today. There will just be perfect peace. The lion and the lamb will lie, lie together. The devil will be bound. Are you guys with me? The devil is already bound, but he's still, I'll get into those things in the year when we teach eschatology. So people can understand the concept of the kingdom here, but not yet. So, uh, 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 you are your mansion. You are God's building. And I've went through the scriptures right in the beginning of the sermon on this. Whew. Let's go on. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pushing for the time. Ay, ay, ay. John 14 verse 4. I might skip some things. And whether I go now, and they know, uh, uh, sorry, and whether I go you know, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether you go, and how can we know the way? Put in the King James, guys. I don't have any new King James on here. Just King James or Amplified. Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto me, 
but uh, I'll come unto the Father, but by me. So they did not go through, so, so they came to Jesus. They didn't go to Jesus to go to the Father. At that time, they just went to Jesus. Are you guys with me? But Jesus said, I had to go so that you can, so that I can have more dwelling places. So that I can have more buildings to dwell in. So he said, I have to go. Okay. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Let's put on Hebrews 10 verse 19. I'm going to try to just, 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 just go quickly so that I can get to the gist of the message. I mean that I can finish it. I want to be finished by half past. You can come back at five. And uh, Hebrews 10, and, and, and it won't be such big words tonight. I want to lay a foundation. Tonight's going to be revelatory. Monday's going to be revelatory. Tuesday's going to be revelatory. We're going to be ministering to people. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Now listen to this, verse 20. By a new, say with me, a new and living way. Paul is saying, the writer of Hebrews, which I believe is Paul, there is a new way that has been made for us by the blood, which He has consecrated for us through the veil. Say with you, through the veil. That is to say His flesh. So what happens when you drink communion? When you drink the blood, you drink the blood and you realize not how the blood was shed for us. Yes, we have remembrance, but not remembrance about how He was brutally beaten. Remembrance that He has made a way for us into the Holy of Holies. So we know that by the blood as we drink it, the shed blood, He has made a way for us into the Holy of Holies and by the flesh as we eat it, that the veil was torn. So the moment I eat the flesh, what do I see? I see the veil being torn and I can enter into the Holy of Holies. And now because of the communion, I have His voice inside of me. I don't have to depend upon a high priest that's going once a year into the Holy of Holies to hear from God for me. I have a high priest in heaven. Are you guys with me? So let's go to John 14 verse 8. John 14 verse 8. Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is, if it, is, it sufficeth us. Verse 9. Jesus said unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet, you, you, and, and, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And now say as you then, show us the Father. He says, but if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen the Holy Ghost, you've seen Jesus. If people have seen you, they have seen Jesus. John 14 verse 10. John 14 verse 10. Believe thou not that I am the Father and the Father in me. He says, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me the works that I shall do, he also shall do greater works than he shall do, because I go to the Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, say with me, anything, I will do it. Is Jesus a liar? If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and He shall give you another comforter. Now listen to this. That He may abide with you forever. That He may live with you and abide with you for you forever. 
so how, this is one of the scriptures of the 50 scriptures we use when it comes to the assurance of your salvation. When Jesus, when God gives you a deposit and a down payment of the Holy Ghost into your life, it is a down payment, it is a surety. Say with me, a surety. When you put a surety down on a house, it means you're, it's a guarantee that you're going to get that house, that you're going to buy the rest. Because if you don't, you lose the surety. That's the very meaning of the surety. So the Bible says the Holy Spirit has given to us as a surety. So if you're a surety, this is in Ephesians, as a surety. And as it is given to us as a surety, it means God can't lose that surety. It's the simple gospel. So if you can lose your salvation, means God lost his surety. Number two, it means Jesus is a bad intercessor. Number three, it means Jesus is a bad advocate. Number four, it means God is a bad businessman because he just lost his surety. When he came to save you, it was once and for all. His blood made a way once and for all. He gave you eternal life, not temporal life. Ah, oh, some are looking at me like, Getting very angry. Get angry at the Word. Don't get angry at me. This is the simple gospel. Don't make it a tricky gospel. Jesus is simplicity through and through. Are you guys with me? Do you know how I have to explain this to intellectual minds? Have you seen it? Okay, let's go. John 14 verse 17. I want to attempt to finish it. I want to be finished by half past. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, say with me, a little while. Not 2,000 years. Or He says, yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you see me, because I live you shall live also. A little while. We are waiting for thousands of years. He is coming back. There's a second coming. Trust me. And when He comes, He comes to rule and reign. He's not coming for a defeated church. He's coming for a victorious church. He's coming for a church that is clothed in the clothing of Joseph of Arimathea, which means the clothing that makes the body of Christ beautiful, glorious, shining, victorious, rich, wealthy. Are you guys with me? So what is this dwelling place? So he says that, you know, I shall dwell in you. My Father shall dwell in me. I shall dwell in you. We shall dwell in you. We shall manifest. It is oneness with the God. It oneness with Jesus. Go with me to John 14 verse. Let's go to verse 21. Verse 21. Listen to this. He that has my commandments and keeps them. He that is that he it is that loves me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father. Now, listen, guys, I want to say this. Loving God is not an action. I want to be careful how I say it. The Bible says the Holy Spirit pours out in your heart the love of God. It is something that is done automatically. You cannot love Him if you don't have the Spirit of God. It is impossible for somebody to love God who don't have, don't have the Holy Spirit. It is impossible for somebody who have the Holy Spirit not to love God. So if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So now it becomes automatic. Because if you have the Holy Ghost truly, and you're filled with the Spirit truly, 
you would want to fulfill commandments. When I say commandments, love your neighbor as you love yourself and other things that Paul said in the Bible. Are you guys with me? It's not going to become a work. Religion is making the work because there are a lot of pretentious Christians that were never truly and genuinely saved. They saved by religion. They called pretenders. They were full on in the New Testament church. Full on. That's why we see certain language play on certain books and uh, even in Hebrews 6 and Hebrews 10 and uh, John 1, John 1 verse 9 and 1, John 1 verse 7. There were those who crept in that were Gnostics and there were those who just were not saved. And they had to find out and had to explain and had to be taught. So some verses are to those who are not saved. Some are to believers. The only problem is that believers are reading the verses that are to those who are not saved thinking that it is to them. And then they begin to live a life full of laws and begin to think they're going to lose the very thing that Jesus promised is eternal. It doesn't make sense to you. And even with all this good news, people will hate me. I'm telling you. Because the Jew could not understand how the Gentiles could just believe what they had to work for and fulfill 630 laws or whatever on the Mosaic laws. What they had to do that they could not figure out that God in His love would just come and say, just believe and it is yours. Are you guys with me? So, so, so where are we? He that hath commandments, keep them. And he that loves me and he that loves me shall be loved my Father and I will love him. Listen to this. And will manifest, say manifest, myself to him. Say visitation. Let's go on, verse 22. Judas said unto him, this is not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that you would not, that thou would manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered. He says, how will you not show yourself to the world, but show yourself to us? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and he will come unto him and make our abode. Say habitation. So he's saying you will move from visitation into a place of habitation. Not only will we manifest ourselves to you, but we will make our abode, our building, our dwelling place, meaning God's house where He lives forever is in you. Get this revelation. Say, God lives forever in me. This is it. I'm not even at the point yet. Have you have your seats? Have your seats? Let's go verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, of whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now please understand, I'm just reading scripture. Are you guys with me? Let's go John 15, verse 16. John 15, verse 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Now this is all another thing with predestination and pre-election which we don't believe into Calvinism and there's another interpretation of this verse which we will still teach one day. That whosoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Verse 26, go through to verse 26. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. I'm just reading through some scriptures. John 16 verse 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me. Jesus is saying, I'm going to go back to my father who sent me. And none of you ask me whether goes that way I go. Verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient, very important for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. 
But if I depart, I will send them unto you. Sons of light, Holy Ghost, the Christ. Are you guys with me? John 17 verse 1. John 17 verse 1. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is to come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over flesh, that he should give eternal life, as to many as thou hast given. And this is life eternal, that we may know you, the only true God. Uh, verse 4, I have glorified you on the earth. I have finished the work which you gave me. Uh, and now, O Father, glorify me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So he says, God, Father, glorify me. Give me the glory. Verse 6, I have manifested thy name unto men, which you, gives me, which you gave me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gave them to me and they have kept thy word. He says, they were yours and you gave them to me. For I have given them unto them the words which you gave me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and mine are thine. And you know, I'm not going to get it. Yours is mine, and mine is yours. Yours is mine. But listen to this. And I am glorified in them. I am glorified in them. Jesus is glorified in you. And now I know more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to see. Holy Father, keep thou thine as though the word has given, that they may be one, say with me, one, as we are one. Unity, get the Judas out, that they may be one. Are you guys with me? I pray that you should not take them out of this world, but that you should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Say, I am not of this world sanctify them through thy truth. The word is truth. Now listen to this. That they all may be one. Verse 21. Verse 21. Sorry, I jumped some verses. I'm not sure if they were following me. They were behind. Verse 21. That they may be one as thou father or me and I in thee that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you have sent me. Verse 22. And the glory which you gave me, listen to this, I have given them. Say with me, I have given them. So you have given a glory that they may be one, even as we are one. Verse 23, I in them and thou in me, that they may be perfect in one. Say with me, perfect. You are complete. You are perfect and that the world may know that you have loved me. For verse 24. Oh, let, 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 let's leave verse, verse 24. But how much more clearer do you want to say, 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 I am in Him. He is in me. Say, the Father is in Jesus. Jesus is in the Father. Christ has to abide forever. But He has to die. So Jesus is saying this, He's saying, I'm going from the visible to the invisible, that I can make you, the invisible, visible. What do I mean by that? That those things that others cannot see about you, the true identity that is invisible at the moment, that I can make it visible. So He says, I'm going from the visible to the invisible, that I can make you as the invisible, visible to others so that when they look they can see Jesus are you guys with me so that the church can be manifested that it can be the full man child that we can be the body of Christ do you know how much power there is in the body of Christ you carry the fullness of God are you guys with me 
So Jesus says, it is expedient that I go so that Christ can come among all of you, so that I can make my dwelling places. So have you seen, almost finished, almost finished. Well, yeah, almost, almost, almost. Say sons of light. Say dwelling places. Let's go Colossians 1 verse, 1 verse 19. Colossians 1 verse 19. I hope this is not too much. Last year you got a good foundation. But I want us to encounter His habitation. Tonight, tomorrow night, Tuesday night. That you can feel Him coming out of you. That you understand that when an atmosphere is in a church, it is not God coming down. It is God coming out. So why do we pray? Why do we fast? Why do we do these things? So that we cannot hinder the coming out of God on the inside of us. Flesh still has to be broken. When flesh is broken, the glory manifests. The anointing is released. The anointing is poured out. The glory may, your, may arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Has risen, come out of you, up upon out. That is the gospel. Are you guys with it? Colossians 1 verse 19, For it pleased the Father that in it pleased, say with me, it pleased, that in Him should all fullness dwell in Christ. Should all fullness dwell. Now listen to this. And verse 20, And having made peace through the blood of His cross, by Him to reconcile all things unto Himself by Him. That sentence there, I can preach a week. That He have restored, reconciled all things unto Himself. By Him say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now has He reconciled. Say with Him, no more wicked works. Listen to me, this is true deliverance. This thing of we cause demons out of people here. Do you know why we cause demons out of people? Because they don't know what they don't know. They, they are not delivered by the Word. They don't know the fullness, the finished work of Christ. They are battling with legalism. The law will bring four curse. The curse of the law is four things. Sin, sickness, poverty, death. Sin, sickness, poverty, death. Are you guys with me? So where I have sin, it's the law. Where I have sickness, law. Where I have poverty, law. Death, which death is the lost enemy that has been defeated. And we see how we progressed into the millennial. And I'll explain all those things on our eschatology course. Death has been defeated. And where there's death, law. So the law brings in all these things. Are you guys with me? Where are we now? Verse 21, verse 22. Uh, let's go to, let's go to, uh, let's go to verse 26. Even the mystery, which has been hid from ages. Say with you the mystery. That has been hid from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. He's saying there was a mystery. That has been kept for ages, not years, ages. Are you guys with me? Eons, ages. But it has now been made manifest. And Paul is saying, I receive that mystery. And I'm revealing that mystery to you. That's why you cannot listen to the gospel outside of what Paul does. 
Paul got the mystery of the gospel of grace. Also of the mystery that Christ is in us. Are you guys with me? Verse 27, what is this mystery that is now manifest to the saints? Even to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory, of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Are you guys with me? Somehow people must be able to see Christ in more than just one individual. You know, we look at Christ and we look at Jesus and we read about Him. Yet we are the body of Christ. Christ, Paul is saying this great mystery, which is Christ in and among and around us. Christ in us. It is our new created identity. That when God looks at you, He doesn't see Paul or Martha or Peter or Samantha. He sees Christ when He looks at you. He judges you according to Christ, what Christ has been judged by upon the cross. Are you guys with me? I hope this is setting you free in some way. Let's go Ephesians 3.16. I want to explain some things. We're almost finished. We're almost done. Five minutes. Ephesians 3 verse 16. That He would grant you, say me, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. By, say it again, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Go verse 19. Now listen to this. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, which surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled, say that I might be filled with all, not some, say all, the fullness of God, which means the fullness of the Godhead is inside of you. Uh, not even finished yet. Go Colossians 2 verse 9, 2 verse 9. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. And listen, bro, verse 9. For in Him, who's in Him? Say in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But now Paul goes on, verse 10, he says, And you are complete in Him, which is the head. He is the head of all principality and power. And you are the body of Christ down here. But he says, he, In Him is the fullness of the Godhead. In you is the fullness of the Godhead. For you are complete in Him, lacking nothing. You are perfect and mature. Are you guys with me? Let's go, verse, let's go, let me, let me do this. One, uh, 1 John 2 verse 24. Let that therefore abide in you, abide in you, which you have heard from the beginning. If that which you have heard from the beginning shall remain in you. So just look at the words that's highlighted. Say abide, say remain. You shall also continue in the Son and in the Father. Hold on. You shall continue, not backslide. You shall continue, not fall away. You shall continue, not forfeit. Or apostasy. People don't know what apostasy is. I've never preached on apostasy. I will still preach on it. And this is the promise that He has promised us, has eternal life. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. These things I've written unto you so that they may not seduce you with the law. 
that they might not seduce you with another thing saying to you that this, what I'm saying is not true, Paul is saying. But the anointing, sorry, what John is saying, but the anointing, because he was speaking to a crowd of Gnostics as well, and the Gnostics wanted to deceive him, wanted to deceive the people. Are you guys with me? But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you. And he goes on and he goes on, on all things and the truth and it's not a lie. And even as it has taught you, you shall abide. You shall abide. Say with me, abide. So you see abide, 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 remain, remain, remain. Verse 28. And now little children abide in him that when he shall appear. Say with me, shall appear. We may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Hold on. I'll close off with this. There's much more, but I'll close off with this. Let me, let me read it again. And now little children, please look at the grammar here. Because if people don't understand the grammar and read this with, understand this with a spiritual mind, they're going, to, they're going to miss it. And now little children, abide in Him. Say with me, abide in Him. We are in Him right now. Amen. Those who are in Christ. That when He shall appear, comma. So He says, there is a time when He's going to appear. And we may then, so then, we may have confidence. Or let me read it like this. When He shall appear, so that we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. So the appearance is different to the coming. What is the appearance? Are you guys with me? The appearance is different to the coming. John was speaking this. This was after Jesus already appeared to the disciples. Jesus already appeared to the disciples. So we know He's not speaking of that coming. He's also not speaking of the second coming because He says we will have confidence in the second coming. When Jesus comes back, we will have confidence. But how will we have confidence? Because we shall know when He appears to us now that we abide in Him. What is He saying? He says, listen here. In this, this thing is going to give us confidence that we shall see Jesus appear before His coming. Hold on. Are you guys with me? Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me expound this. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians 1.10. 2 Thessalonians 1.10. When he shall come to be glorified in his saints. Let me read it again. Are you guys with me? Or is it too much for you because you're not, not responding? Let me change the wording. When he shall come to appear in his saints and to be admired in all of them that believe. So he says, you shall abide in Him. Abide in what? In Christ, in the anointing, in the glory, in the mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages, that Christ is in us, the hope of glory. So how shall He appear? Many times people said that Christ shall come to judge the nations on the cloud. There's a diff and they mix the second coming with the clouds. And the cloud speaks of the witnesses, which speaks of judgment. That's a whole nother thing. Are you guys with me? But He shall come and be witnesses. The Bible says that, uh, what does it say in Hebrews? I think it is Hebrews uh, uh, 12 verse 1. Um, that, uh, put on Hebrews 12 verse 1 for me. I'll close off with this. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Uh, Wherefore seeing we also compassed about with so great cloud 
of witnesses. Let me change the wording. Cloud of saints. Now the Bible calls everywhere, it says, to the saints at Ephesus. To the saints, the riches of His glory, of the inheritance of the saints. Who are the saints? Are you guys with me? The saints is not somebody who has passed away. When the Bible speaks about saints, He's speaking about you. So He's saying His appearing shall be in you. When you understand that you are now God's building. When you understand that you are now His dwelling place. When you understand that now God is no longer looking for a temple that is built by human hands, but built by the hands of God. So, so as you're standing, stand to your feet that we can close with this. Go with me to Isaiah. Go with me to um, Isaiah 66 verse 1. Let me see something. Isaiah 66 verse 1. Say with me, I am the building. Say, I'm God's building. Say, I am His dwelling place. So why are you looking for a visitation when his habitat, when he has his habitation inside of you? When God lives and moves and have his being on the inside of you. Hmm. Are you guys with me? God has desired to have a temple, uh, to, to abide with his people from the beginning of time. That's why I said to Moses, build me a tabernacle so that I can tabernacle among the people. Then with David and Solomon, and Solomon had to build another tabernacle so that God could, the temple of Solomon, so that God would want to dwell with the people. And David also had a type of, uh, a type of uh, place where, where they worshipped. I'm not going to get into it right now. This is the tabernacle of David. But Solomon had to build the actual tabernacle. And then when Jesus came, God wanted to tabernacle with His people again. And Jesus said, as long as I stay here, you're not tabernacling with me. Because when he kept saying he was the Christ, they said, the law says the Christ will bide forever. But if you say you have to be lifted up and you have to die, then you are not the Christ. He says, you don't understand. If you want to see Jesus, are you guys with me? If you want to see Jesus, what does Hebrews 9 says? Paul says, but now we see Jesus. And Jesus says, if you want to see Jesus, if you want to see me, you have to see me die. And when I die, I will be fruitful amongst many. I will bring forth many sons unto glory. He is the pattern son, the firstborn of many brethren that will come. Which means Jesus is not the only born, as many would preach, He is the first. And as He's the first, we are the many that is coming behind Him, like Him. So that at the day of His appearing, when we see Him, we shall realize that we have always been like Him. And as He is in heaven right now, so are we in this world. Which means not in a world to come, in this world. 1 John 4 verse 7 says, we will be like Him. So Jesus is saying, I have to die so that I can go and prepare dwelling places and go and prepare buildings where I can dwell in. I can go to my Father prepared. Why? Because Jesus says, if my Father dwells in me, I dwell in Him. And we will dwell in you and you will dwell in us. And we will make our abode and we will make our dwelling place inside of you. So where did Jesus go to prepare a place for you and I? He prepared a body, which is you and I, a place where He can dwell in. Then the Christ came down. 
And that is why right now you are the temple and only Paul got the revelation after Jesus where he said that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, that you have been purchased with a price. You have been bought with a price. Are you guys with me? Do you not know that you are the temple where God lives in? Colossians saying the fullness, Ephesians saying the fullness of God dwelling in you, that you are the carry the fullness of His Godhead, that, that you have nothing lacking, nothing missing, fully complete, fully perfect. Isaiah 66 verse 1. So from the beginning of time, God was looking for a place. Comes to Jesus, Jesus is saying, I'm going to make the place where God wants to dwell. I'm going to my father's house and making many mansions, dwelling places and prepare it for you. And then I'll come back to you. And then we see him coming back after his resurrection, three days after his resurrection. Why? He already created the dwelling place. But for some reason, Christians are still waiting for the dwelling place. And they eliminate the fact that God is in them, wanting to come out. So he says, thus says the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. This is the prophet Isaiah. Where is the house that you build unto me. And where is the place of my rest? Next verse. For all those things has my hand made, and all those things have been saved, saith the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and tremble at my words. Tremble at my word. Put it in. Let me see. Let me see what it says in the Amplified. And the Amplified. For all these things my hands has made. And so, so he's saying, where is the place where my rest? I've come into being by and for me, says the Lord. But this is the man whom I will look and have regards. He who is humble. Say with me, humble. And of a broken or wounded spirit. And who trembles at my words and reverse my commands. He says, with him, I will dwell. So with me, I will dwell. Hebrews 12 says, we have come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God. But you are a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. But we have come unto Mount Zion. Where is Mount Zion? In us. Are you guys with me? Hmm, where's New Jerusalem? Trust me, it is in you. Where's the temple of the Holy Ghost? Where's the rivers of the Holy Ghost? For rivers will flow out of your hearts, out of your belly, which is the most holy, the holy of holies in the temple. And when we look at Ezekiel, the Bible says, out of the threshold of the temple came four rivers. Your heart is divided in four areas and there's four rivers that will come out. Your body has been shaped and created to carry every aspect of the temple of God. When I look and I take and I make open for you the temple that God, the tabernacle, you'll see that it fits every part of your body. Because He knew when I was created you, I created a dwelling place for me to come and dwell. And Jesus says that we can appear, that we can manifest to you. But you shall see His appearing. And when you see His appearing, you will be confident at His coming. How do we see His appearing? Say with me, looking at one another. The Bible says, but when you, see, you shall see Jesus. In fact, Paul is saying we see Jesus. Why? Because we have behold into a mirror with an unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, being changed into that same image 
over and over being transformed, becoming like it. Meaning that when we look into the glory, it is like looking into a mirror because we see ourselves. But what do we see? We see the glory of the Lord upon ourselves. And as we see the glory upon ourselves, the Bible is saying, we are changed more and more into that image. So how do you change? When you understand the glory is in you and the glory is upon you and you are the dwelling place, the building of God, the house of God, you'll be changed continually into the state that He wants you to be. So Jesus came as the pattern son for us to follow in a pattern, to know He's the firstborn of many brethren, to bring many sons unto glory. When He says, you shall do greater works than I, He genuinely meant it. Are you guys with me? Raise your hands to the Lord wherever you are. Raise your hands. I hope you understood this. I really hope you understood this. So I'm His dwelling place. I'm, the, I'm His abode. I'm the building of God. Out of me, God flows. Out of me, Jesus appears. Out of me, rivers flow. Out of me, glory flows. The glory doesn't come down. The glory comes out. I have the fullness of God, the fullness of the Godhead. I am complete. I am perfect. I am the mature man-child. I am the manifestation of the sons of God. I am the manifested sons of God. I am the kinos creation, never existed before, supernatural, not from this world never seen before, completely new, nothing missing, nothing lacking. Holy Ghost, rest upon my life. Rise from without, from within. Rise inside of me out. I want more of you. Open my eyes. Give me this revelation this week that I am the habitation of the Godhead in Jesus mighty name Father I give you thanks I give you glory I give you honor I give you praise I pray that this week that we shall see a level and a manifestation of your glory that is not seen before. I pray for signs and wonders and miracles. I pray for healings and deliverances. I pray for your voice to manifest, to minister. I pray for your voice to speak. I pray for solutions to come, breakthrough to come to people. I command poverty to be broken from their lives. Every form of sickness. But I pray even as Paul says, but we see Jesus, that we know that we need to see your appearance in order to be confident for your coming. And when we see your appearance, we are confident in your coming. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's give a praise offering, church.